As our second adventure begins, our party were tasked by an elderly elf to help him return magic to the world. To this end, they needed to investigate a temple on the other end of a raging whirlpool. In a move that would shock absolutely no one, the party began arguing about how best to get down there almost right away. It became apparent, though, that this was one of those leap of faith type things, and no amount of barbarian strength from Angus, rope from Aurora, or flight powers from Ornithorus would make any difference at all. Okay, so you can, uh, Alec, from where you are, you can see down the whirlpool, and you can see a bright light, light at the bottom. But the whirlpool grows dangerously thin as it goes down. Uh, you don't feel that you'd be able to ride it all the way. Are you hit down? Uh, it's real deep, a couple hundred feet. Okay, so we wouldn't be able to just swim alongside it downwards and then join it at the bottom. No. Can we just jump right straight down? Yeah. If if you want, it, you would be able to jump right down. But how do we know we'd survive the fall is the thing. You really idea. don't. I have an idea. Uh -huh. um, so, we take the long piece of rope, mm -hmm. and we scale down from our flying buddy. <laughs> you just gotta be able to hold us as we steadily get lowered without, you know, impact. That sounds like a hell of a strength check. <laughs> <laughs> In case you didn't notice, Angus Bloodbeard is pretty big around the midsection. I'm just saying. I'm a so, don't worry, so, but... you ask your, so you ask yourself, do I feel lucky? Oh, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I should check my character's weight. Because I think uh, Dragonborn are actually really heavy. Yeah, that's a good yeah, I think they're like 400 pounds, Carly. And actually, I'm one of the smaller ones, so I'm slightly lighter, but still. Uh, uh, oh. Heck, between the strength thing, we would probably be better served lowering Alec down. Yeah. <laughs> and then once except he's at the bottom. Except for, unfortunately, one of us can't fly. Well, we can lower Sorry, him down Joel, from the boat. Okay, uh, Carly, you're 250, and Joel, okay. I think you're 100 and something? I... You're 220. I... That, that includes armor. Not including the armor. I, I, I have And the armor. massive gold purse you are holding on your back. I, that too, I'm botherish shite. Once everyone finally nutted up, they jumped in the water and were quickly knocked out for what was the second time in this campaign, something that will become something of a running gag for this adventure. The party awoke in a stone chamber deep underground. Angus, being a dwarf, tried to use his knowledge of stonework to figure out how this place was built, but that turned out to be a dead end. It was after that our three heroes encountered a group of dangerous trogs, lizard creatures more ugly than the ones they had fought on the breach previously. In fact, these monsters were so gross and so vile, just being in their presence caused poisoning. The guys made it out of the fight just fine, but poor Carly, who was playing the Dragonborn Aurora, got poisoned in her first combat. This would just be the beginning of her bad luck. It also didn't help that Aurora only had an armor class of 11, which in Dungeons of Dragons is hilarious. Variously low for the party's fighter. Ornithorus, you're getting attacked as well. Uh, what's your armor class? It is 14. So I literally have the worst armor. Yeah, what's up with that? You're you're the fighter. <laughs> yeah, you have I was better like better armor. I have did the you... leather armor right now. Oh, okay, I was gonna uh, say, yes. did you not pick up any armor from the pirate ship? No, there wasn't much in armor there. Uh, you take uh, nine slashing damage. 
I'll try to look for armor. <laughs> Don't worry, Arrow. With all this pirate gold, I'll buy you a nice shiny set of armor. <laughs> I match my gold scales? Aye. Angus, on the other hand, was having great luck with his dwarven spiked armor which he reclaimed from the pirates in the previous installment, a special creation that let him do extra piercing damage with every swing of his mighty axe, Tooth Nasher. Basically, he was a goddamn wrecking machine, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased. After clearing out the baddies, the group was accosted by another Naga, only this snake person was a snake lady who tried to seduce the group with her sensual voice, or at least as sensual as our DM Devon could make her sound, which meant Joel decided to step on in and do it for him. I don't know how to do a seductive snake voice. Why, hello there, darling. Welcome. See? <laughs> okay, Joel, you can do that. <laughs> this is why I want you to DM something. Welcome you need to send to the script now, quickly. Hello, yeah, there we are, I am sufficiently seduced. <laughs> I, I do hope you'll stay a while. <laughs> The Naga, whose name was later revealed to be Celeste, told the group that they could recover from their fight in her bed, which just so happened to be made of a bunch of bone dust. Two of the players just wanted to heal up, and Angus, who objected, was put to sleep anyway via snake magic. Maybe the Naga wasn't evil, but she was sure up to something, and as such gave the party a key to the lower levels of the temple before departing. Deeper inside, the party found a treasure room filled with amazing items on pedestals. The room also had a sleeping troll guarding it, but for once, everyone managed to be stealthy. Angus made a beeline for a shiny bottle that belched fire and smoke when he opened it. The dwarf thought it was some kind of weapon, and Aurora, lusting after armor, finally found a set of heavy ethereal armor in the room. Only when she grabbed it, the pedestal ended up going into the floor, making noise and awakening the troll in the process. Thinking quickly, which is admittedly pretty hard for him because he is literally an axe idiot, Angus tried to throw the bottle at the troll. It went as well as you might think it would. Hey, Joel, I got a crazy idea. Yeah. How good to throw an arm? I was thinking the same thing. Oh my god, freaking yes. internet bumping. Oh. <laughs> Angus in his twisted mind. Ah, you know, that bottle seemed like it set stuff on fire. Hey, you know, I got this guy in front of us. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just a walking pyro. What, well, here's the thing. What uh, I'll ask Devin is, what governs throwing? Is that a strength or a dexterity? Strength. Thing? Strength? Oh. Uh, yeah. I got a very okay high this. strength. Okay, so... The troll is still groggy from sleeping. Yeah. It is just coming to as the combat begins. Angus, go ahead. Okay, uh... Can I grab the bottle as a free action and just be like, well, he's on it, he up, so... Yeah. I grab the I, shit out of that bottle. I duck, because I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Just... Alright, so you grab the bottle. Mm -hmm. Again, the pillar slides into the ground with a loud grinding. Okay, uh, how close can I get to the troll from where I'm standing right now? Uh, you can move five spaces. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, which puts him about how far from me? Fifteen no, feet. Ah, that's a hell of a throw. Fifteen feet. Fifteen feet. One five. One five feet. I, I that's don't know. not far. You're probably fifteen feet from your. That's that's uh, like my fire right range. Now. Hmm. That's a that's... what? Oh, like that's my fire range. So right. Uh, Joel. Yes. That's 
from you to about your kitchen right now. Okay. I'm pretty sure you can make that throw. <laughs> it's around a corner. You know what? No guts, no glory. I get the bottle. I kind of, you know, give it like the old shake up there, and I'm ready to hurl it at a motherfucker is what I'm ready to do. So I roll. <laughs> um, give me a second on this one. <laughs> Devin's like, I didn't think anyone would throw the magic bottle. <laughs> Only <laughs> Turns out the bottle had a freaking Ifrit in it. That's a fire genie for those of you out there who don't speak nerd. Yes, that's right. The deadly troll now had a genie of its very own. The party was forced to rally Angus almost getting killed by a fireball. Luckily, fire just so happens to be exactly what you need to stop a troll's amazing healing factor. And Aurora was able to use her breath weapon to take the nasty troll down. The genie having lost his bottle was forced to abandon the physical realm as he could no longer hold his form. Before the treasure disappeared, Ornithris managed to read chapters from a magic book, one that might very well have reduced his own intelligence, but hey, the Dragonborn made out with a much better deck of magical cards. These cards would come in handy when in the very next room the party was rushed by a group of dark elf attack dogs. Their pack tactics managed to bring Angus the group tank down for the first time all game. Fearing the loss of their barbarian friend, Aurora drew one of the magic cards and was able to wish the nasty beasts away, only the deck works kinda like a monkey's pod as such sapped her of her strength for the next five days. This means she was no longer strong enough to wear the armor that she just pilfered. Luckily, the next room had no monsters for the weakened party to overcome, but they did have plenty of devious traps, mainly one huge trick ladder that sent Aurora and Angus right to the bottom of a pit. The ladder had been greased, and because the poor dragonborn just could not catch a break this game, she tried to burn it away with her fire breath, which only served to light the ladder on fire. Needless to say, the bird and the dwarf had to find another way down. From there, the party ran into their first real puzzle, a chamber where gravity increased and decreased depending on how close they were to the exit. Luckily, the players were all smart and with the help of some rope, managed to weigh each other down long enough for each of them to reach the other side. And thus ended this chapter of their adventure. Be sure to come back next time to see what happened in the Island of Death campaign.